0: sent off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente.
1: What up, what up? Welcome to the Fight Podcast, your weekly combat sports and culture podcast. I am your host, Serge Vicente, and today, man, we have a fun one for you guys today. Before I jump into the episode, remember, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is the healthy meal prep company that offers healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring. Sign up for Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 15% off of your first Three months. Remember, follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support us, check us out um, on the website, the fightpodcast.com. Subscribe, listen, rate, and share. We are everywhere that podcasts are available. So that's Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the above, man. So check us out today. Boom! All right, all right. Um, and like I said, man, welcome to episode 83 or woof 84 of the fight podcast. Man, we're moving right along. Uh, today I had Brandon Camille come back on the show, my guy. Uh, he came back again. We had a great convo about boxing touched a little bit of mma in there and uh all in all a lot of fun man we talked about anthony joshua and big baby miller we talk about the the uh super middleweight fights that are coming up this weekend as well and so much more you guys are gonna love this convo with me and brandon camille enjoy
0: hey what it do what it do i'm good man how are you
1: oh brother i'm doing very well man very well how's everything going
0: Man, can't complain too much. Just uh, waiting for the weather to, weather to get a little bit warmer. It's killing
1: me. F- facts, bro. It, it's, uh, I don't know how it's been out there, uh, out, out in Boston, but uh, out here it is um, every day it goes from, I feel like, I'm sure you've heard me complain consistently
0: <laughs>
1: about it, man, but I just feel like it snows every other day, man. It's It's awful.
0: My issue here recently hasn't even been, Uh, the uh, like the actual temperature it's just more like we're getting snow but it's like bitch ass snow like (laughs) snow that's just there to annoy you it's not like monumental snow you can still go to work and everything but just enough to create some ice create some issues on the way to work have people slipping and slipping around it's but just not enough, enough to, to like piss deploy you off. a lot of resources from the city to really clean up so it's just like messy just <laughs> bitch ass snow
1: <laughs> yeah no I feel you I feel you we, we've had a little bit of that but we've had a whole lot of pissed off snow too just a whole bunch of big three like five six five to six inch snow man it's been crazy out here.
0: Yeah, um, we're last year we thought the winter was over, we thought we got out of it, but March was like heavy, so hopefully, I don't got to deal with that this year. The cold is just inconvenient, just give me back my warm weather, even if it's just for six weeks.
1: Man, facts, <laughs> facts, so. man. Uh, how about say everything else been going decent, man? Like, I say, I, like uh, any, any new music, anything, man, was good
0: man n- n- nothing nothing new Um, any new music I, li- I listened to the uh, Wiz and Currency album they dropped a little mixtape or album 2009 a few weeks back I, uh, I definitely en- definitely enjoyed that um, nothing else that I can think of off the top of my head. I have not been on music, uh, on my music game like I used to be. So I've just been real busy and caught up at work. So I haven't listened to a lot of new music and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. So a lot of my time where I normally listen to music, I've been doing a lot of podcasting. Facts. So that's just what it's been recently.
1: Facts. No, no, no. I feel you, man. Uh, I, I asked cause I feel like I recently stumbled upon that, uh, St. John kid needs music's pretty, I've been rocking that for the last couple weeks, pretty decent.
0: No idea who St. John is.
1: Fam, dude, he's, he's, from, he's from New York, man. <laughs> Look at this, man. Come on, you supposed to know this, man. you supposed to be my New York insider, fam. What's good? <laughs>
0: listen listen I have been busy at work I had no <laughs> idea who St. John is if this is who the kids are listening to then I will take a listen uh yeah just clearly just showing how how out the loop I am I'm kind of embarrassed I'm usually up on that
1: well hey man it, it, it's all good but we, we're definitely going to talk about some people that I know I think have been out of the loop at least getting some terrible advice um over the last couple of weeks man but yo man it's been it's not the busiest boxing week uh, um, around. I tell you that much man. It hasn't been that busy, but um there the the only real big news man I think is the news that a lot of us have been waiting for for a while. And uh the 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 poster boy um uh, I think a lot of people can say the heavyweight division um one of the top 2 most famous boxers. Well, most I, I will say what the most current boxers right now, the biggest him and King Canelo. Um, you know, saying the man out there, well, you can also say Tyson Fury, but uh, I'm talking about Anthony Joshua, man, the champ 22 and 0, 21 KOs. He is finally gonna go ahead and face New York's own drill Big Baby Miller 23 and 0, 20 KOs. Um, this. I know you saw it, bro, but uh, this past week, the uh, press conference was nuts. Dudes, was all kind of tension. They, they were pushing and shoving. Well, let me rephrase that. Drew Miller was pushing. Anthony Joshua was trying to stay stoic, I guess. Um, in the whole brouhaha, after watching everything that happened, who do you think won round one, man? That's definitely round one. First time they faced off. First time in New York, man. Who won round one?
0: Well, you definitely have to say Jarrell Miller won. Um, He just had more to gain. But in a sense, he showed up and did what he had to do. It was almost like he did that his job for that day because Anthony Joshua didn't have the option to show up and do that. Because if he does that, he looks kind of crazy. But if Jarrell Miller does that, the clip goes viral and everybody's kind of like, okay. Who's this Jarrell Miller guy? Which is what he was supposed to do. He's there to build the fight. Uh, A lot of uh, boxing insight that I listen to, that I read, they're like, Jarrell Miller is one of the best businessmen in boxing because he talked his way into an AJ fight, which for the heavyweight division is the new Mayweather fight, because you're going even as the B side, which you you have your A side who's going to dominate negotiations, take a lot more of the money, and then you have the B side. Even the B side is life changing in terms of financial gain. So, Big Baby will probably go from making, and I I can't see him having made any more than 500K for any fight in his career. None of them have really been all that relevant. But he'll probably make the number I'm hearing is about five to six mil, which is life changing money if you've never made that before. So, He won. He he talked himself into this match. But that being said, AJ did not lose. He didn't really have much to lose. He came in there, showed his face in New York, in the U.S., did his little press, press tour. I'm sure the U.S. fans are going to make whatever they want of it. But the U.K. fans, I'm sure they liked what they saw. Their man came You know, he looked well composed. He looked like a champion. He carried himself like a champion. He showed a little bit of grit, which is not typical of AJ, but he, he came and did what he, what he was supposed to do. They both filled their roles, but I don't think there was much for AJ to gain where there was a lot for Miller to gain. So not a lot was on the line for AJ. So though I'm saying Miller won, I don't think AJ lost.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I feel you. Um, i have to i'm not gonna lie i wanted to come on here and just for shits and giggles pretty much take AJ's side but i think i've been so vocal on how how i'm championing Jerome miller i think i would come off as uh not as genuine so <laughs> um i i have to be honest with you man um I think Anthony Joshua definitely lost. I I, I definitely give the first round to um, to Jarrell Miller, man. You're right. He had to have talked him. He's talked his way into this payday, right? Um, that's to say I'm hearing the same number. I'm hearing six million, um, which is incredible. Um, I'm, I'm very, I think he did. He went in there and did what he was supposed to do. Anthony Joshua was going to go in there and do the exact same thing every time. He's going to be this, you know, I'm too, I'm too cool. You know, I'm this, you know, put together English gentleman, you know, and but I'm, 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 I'm yeah, it's, it, I, I can't stand the persona and I'm not going to stunt. It feels like a persona like, Oh, look at me. I'm so cool. And like, and I almost agree with, uh, like, I hate this story that he's always pushing like, Oh man, I was in the streets. I was in the hood. I was in the state family. Bro, don't y'all even have guns over there like get off of that dude he got caught selling a couple like dime bags bro who hasn't done that like I'm sorry I I, I don't agree with the persona but I think because of that I would definitely say that not only did Jerrell Miller win Jarrell Miller is getting under Anthony Joshua's skin and you can tell you see it already get we're playing mental war games and I have to say I think Jarrell Miller is really messing with because you can see every time he says something about his mama bro how can you not take your mama joke Brandon haven't you sat around at the table I'm, I'm asking like it, as an elementary school kid Bro, you're from New York I know you guys did this You sat around the lunch table And you guys just roasted each other, right? We grew up doing that At least we did here in Chicago I don't know how y'all get down
0: Nah, you from Chicago I'm from New York We grew up doing the same thing I said, So and and, and and as I texted you yesterday I think I mentioned <laughs> that Miller is just gonna be A bit sharper on his jokes Because of where he's from <laughs> I love it I love
1: it And, 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 yo, and like I said, man Um And that's why I think he won the round one. And honestly, that is a big round. He came out there literally swinging. He bullied him in that first round. And if you continue bullying somebody throughout the press conferences, and I will go to my MMA side and see, look what Conor McGregor does. Conor McGregor is not always the most skilled guy in there. But what he does is that he talks so much even when you're prepared. When you're prepared for him to talk trash, you're ready. You know what's coming. You know what his talking points are going to be. And it still gets to you. To the point that 99% of people still get thrown off of their game plan. When I'm talking about of McGregor, it's more like 60-40. But we know what I mean. But still, it works. And I Sergeant, think that's happening.
0: I think you're drinking a little bit too much of this Gerald Miller Kool-Aid just a little bit too much to the point where you're buying into the backstory about Anthony <laughs> Joshua and the story that they, they're, they're trying to make about him and then you're saying oh you hate his persona what's wrong with I've his persona? Said, I've always he's, said that he's, he's, I think he's corny he, he's a champion, he's a relaxed guy he's not a Conor McGregor, he's clearly no. not a Jarrell Big Baby Miller but he gets in the ring and does work, he has one fight that's gone he the does. distance, so I mean it's not like, he, he doesn't have to be like that not no, every fighter go, is going to fit that that mold, No. You are full on drinking that Jarrell Big Baby Miller Kool Aid, and I just want you to be careful with it because I think it's going to be dangerous for you in the end.
1: Now let me ask you this, so we can put it out there. As long as you've known me, I've, I've 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 pushed even before they've announced this fight. I said I like Big Baby. I've been a fan. Am I right? Right? Definitely. I, I so I'm a fan of Buddy. Um, and honestly, I have. I respect Anthony J. So, again, I'm talking about who won round one. I'm not breaking down skills or anything like that. I'm looking at what's going on and what could possibly happen. So, in that round one, the mental game has already started, and that is a big component of it. And I do believe that Jerome Miller is more sharp in that capacity. And that could affect the fight. Who is the more... I don't want to say experienced fighter, but who has fought the better competition, 100% is Anthony Joshua, 100%. Now, I can talk trash and talk about how Jerome Miller has his you know kickboxing background, which I think really does, I think people aren't putting enough of that into account, but at the same token, I do respect who Anthony Joshua actually has beaten, Dylan Wyatt, legit, Klitschko, obviously legit, but Vekin, these are all legit guys, Joseph Parker, these are all legitimate guys, so I respect his skill set, but I see holes in his game, one of the biggest holes in Anthony Joshua's game is that he does a great job with his defense, with his hands, but one thing that he doesn't do well with is he has zero head movement, with somebody like a Jarrell Miller, who is definitely a high volume guy. If he's able to, and I'm not saying he will or will not. I'm just, again, I'm putting out scenarios. You know, once the fight gets closer to June 1st, I will make my pick. I'll do whatever. But thinking about possible scenarios and looking at the game plan, Jerome Miller does have a legitimate shot to win this fight. And I think enough people, including even possibly Anthony Joshua, could be overlooking him. That's, I think, why the only reason I'm kind of big up in them, because I've heard way too much of people just making this a throwaway fight. And I don't believe it is.
0: This is the heavyweight division. One punch can land at any time. And I'm not going to take that away from Miller. That being said, you mentioned before a few of the fighters that AJ has fought. And AJ has been in a fight where there is beef before. He's been in that fight with Dylan White the first time that was a fight that had a lot of build to it. So in terms of saying that he's getting under his skin, maybe he's annoying him a little bit. But Mm -hmm. will it matter? Will it really matter on the night of the fight? You can get under someone's skin. You can make someone angry. But if that's not going to affect his performance on fight night, then it doesn't really matter. It's just Jarrell Miller doing what Jarrell Miller is supposed to do, which is why we both agree that he won round one.
1: Right, right. Um, you know what? That's the, I, I like that. We're we're good there. <laughs> we're good there. That's he won round one, man. We like. I think we both agree. I and again, I think we're both, and you guys, you agree also. I'm just looking forward to this fight, and I'm and I'm glad seeing. I'm glad seeing Big Baby getting his shot. And I'm also really, really, because I am a fan of his, but I'm also happy to finally see Anthony Joshua essentially nut up and finally come to the states.
0: I agree. Um, I de- I definitely agree there. Nothing nothing much to say there. I I don't think there's much to look at here. I just I don't. Feel you. All right. Um, I I I don't think it's gonna matter come the night of the fight. You know my picks, but we hey, have a few I months before we get into that. Absolutely. All right. So. I want to
1: stick with AJ. We're going to stick with AJ a little bit right here, okay? <laughs> so he's obviously been making his media rounds, right? He's been, he's been everywhere from you know Power One Hundred Six up there in New York. He's hanging out with Akin Barak for zone over and in, um in, in, um over there and also and um he in his media rounds he's been claiming that Deontay Wilder is the actual reason between the two of them fighting has never come to fruition do you actually buy his side of the story how do you feel about that
0: in terms of negotiating will we ever really know my biggest thing is do i think anthony joshua is running i do not think he's running i do not think he's scared of deontay wilder i think the whole negotiation thing my theory has always been that it was a bit more eddie hearn than anybody else Deontay Wilder is not the only one historically to have issues with Anthony Joshua's style of negotiating. Recently, I listened to a podcast where they had Dylan White on for a portion of it. One, one of the things that they, Dylan White was saying is that it's something when he comes to the table, it's something like a 70-30 split, something like that, where clearly the A-side is getting the majority of the take, which is fine. Dylan White said he was fine with that. The piece that he had issue with, and I think this was a portion of the deal that Miller took, is when you fight AJ, you sign up for the fight. And in case he loses, you sign up for the rematch. Yeah. The big issue is that AJ wants that 70-30 split Even for both fights. Loses. Yeah. So you're going to say if he loses the first time, he's still going to come to the table with that same split. So that happened with Dylan White, which sounds kind of ridiculous. I do understand from White's perspective why he might feel like that's ridiculous. It's a slave deal. I've built myself up to enough to the point where I don't have to take that. Now – from the Wilder perspective, there were some network issues. Um, I know the network that Matchroom works with, which I believe is Sky Sports over there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another, their rival network is BET, not Black Entertainment Network. <laughs> yeah, That's no, a, no. That is a that that is a network, a <laughs> uh, sports network overseas. Yes. So the fight that Deontay Wilder had offered them, according to Eddie Hearn, he said something along the lines of Deontay Wilder sent him just from his personal email account. Yeah. What he saying he and,
1: said it was like a Y mail account or something ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I just think
0: that was their slang for a yeah. personal email. But yeah, so he said he emailed Hot him mail. talking about signing the contract. I got 50 mil, blah, blah, blah. He was like, OK, well, let me see the contract. And then when he got down to the nitty gritty, he realized, OK, this was to be televised on BET. Well, my fighter is not going to fight on BET. It's a bunch of jabs back and forth. What I do like, and I don't think you're, you're giving AJ enough credit for this, is when he goes to the networks and he speaks about these interviews, he does slight Deontay Wilder in the beginning and they're rivals. So that's what you expect. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Cool. But he does come back to earth a little bit and he accepts responsibility. He says it's probably a little bit on both of us. And I like that. That's fair. He's not trying to put it all on Deontay, Deontay Wilder, because when you're trying to just put it on someone like that, that's when people start to question, okay, is this guy really telling the truth? Because he comes off so biased. But Anthony Joshua being real about it and saying that, hey, I'm gonna share the, the blame because I have a piece of this too, that's something I, I can respect. So I'm in terms of who I believe, We'll just never know. And I don't I don't think it matters. I think it's on Eddie Hearn more than anybody. And I don't think Anthony Joshua is scared. Now, if I thought he was scared or I thought uh, a fighter was running, that's something we have to call out. And that's where who you believe matters. But I don't think he's scared. And I'm not an Anthony Joshua lover uh, by any means. You keep putting me on the Anthony Joshua side of these, uh, of these Hey, man, debates.
1: I just put I the just... questions out there. You chose whatever side you want to be on, man. Hey.
0: <laughs> We're talking about Anthony Joshua versus Big Baby Miller, so I'm going to be Anthony Joshua a lot. Sorry.
1: <laughs> hey, no, no, no. You know what, though? Here, in, in terms of, again, I am a big Deontay Wilder fan, and, and for all the Deontay Wilder detractors, yeah he's not the most technical guy in the world but he has the power of thor in his right hand and because of that it absolutely is a game changer and he has possibly top three power in heavyweight history arguably i mean it's ridiculous so again i am a fan now in terms of what do i believe do i believe one side of the story or the other I think that he's telling the truth in terms of that's what he actually believes, right? I think that's what he's been told. Because I'm with you. Eddie Hearn, I think, is the one that is stopping them for a business decision because they do not want to stop the money train from going. They have, granted, they have, he has fought tough competitors. But I can argue that he was given these people at the right time, Right? we can definitely argue that he's everybody's been tough but we can argue that now with, it, Anthony jo- with um, Deontay Wilder Lennox Lewis said recently in an interview he said Anthony Joshua is such a big star he can actually if he really wanted that fight he could have that fight and that's from Lennox Lewis he was like I've been in that position where I'm the big guy and I don't care what my my manager says or whoever my who represents me says. If I want it, I'm gonna get it. And again, that's a fellow Brit. That's one of the greatest heavyweight champions of all time. Lennox Lewis was an absolute beast, and I have all the respect in the world for him. So if he and again, he's also a hell of a commentator as well. Really great commentating. So a big big salute. To uh to the to the legend. Um
0: undisputed.
1: Undisputed. The man dude. He was before obviously this last crop of guys, he was the last heavyweight champion that I was like, yo, that's a scary dude. You know what I mean? Like he went out there and did his thing. Um and, and, and shout out and big love, uh, you know, rest in peace to Emmanuel, uh, you know, stored over there. So doing, you know, one of the great trainers from over at Cronk Gym
0: really one of the greats i miss him on hbo so much
1: so much man he was i mean listening to him talk man he was one of those guys like his voice is in my childhood you know what i mean like watching fights watching like late night going downstairs to watch boxing on hbo when you know I we finally got cable cuz you know didn't nobody had cable till so you got to like high school eventually <laughs> but once we finally got it man like i loved like that so big ups to all those dudes but circling back around as i get sidetracked um i think if he wanted he, he could have had it so i for so for me I can't stand when somebody comes around and it, it just sounds like he's trying to do damage control. And I understand he's coming here. He hasn't been able to tell his side of the story. But his side of the story, and again, this is my opinion, comes off as. Again, I think that's just my issue. It, just, it comes off as whiny. It comes off as defensive. And I'm just not a fan of it. So that's why, again, for me, i I don't know.
0: So with Anthony Joshua, I don't think it's a situation where it's we're going to take the fight or we're never going to fight him. It's we can take the fight now with these terms or we can take the fight later and we'll just make more money. So I do think there's an aspect of that. It's not like now or never. So in what Lennox Lewis was saying and how Eddie Hearn probably teed it up to AJ is that we're going to fight Deont- Deontay Wilder if he takes this deal then great, we can fight him now. But if we don't, the fight will be there and it's only going to get larger. So, you you take what you can from it.
1: I feel you. And again, that's another one, man. Yo, promoters, and I think that is one of the biggest issues in boxing. We don't have this issue in MMA. The best tend to fight the best. You know, and even to the point now where we're starting to see champions and legends getting traded from division to, division to organization to organization so we're starting to see mma actually working together it's a damn shame that we don't get a chance to see that more consistently in boxing and t- by the time we actually eventually do see it in boxing it's far past its expiration date With that, though, brings me to my next point. Before
0: before we go on from there, one thing I want to say is that the media really does make the story. And we really do buy into that. Of course. America has a great, large fan base with a lot of money to be made here. But the UK is still a very large country with a huge and they have a huge Anthony Joshua contingency there. That's how he was getting to 90,000 people at Wembley. So their media and our media are not the same. Mm-hmm. And when you hear people from their media speak on these topics, their views on everything concerning Anthony Joshua is very different because their media is going to shape their views. So really dissect this stuff and try to find the facts instead of just buying into the message from the media because that can be spun to either perspective depending on where you're located in the world
1: absolutely no you're right you're absolutely right man but again that's why i say the biggest issue in boxing more than anything else are the promoters and the dissension and the unwillingness to work together the politics of it all and with the politics of it all the other huge news staying with all these same fighters in the heavyweight division tyson fury the lineal heavyweight champion just signed with top ranking espn um in my in and what, what I was thinking about I was like was that the right move especially when you look at you have now what is it you have um, Anthony Joshua with The Zone PBC has uh, in Showtime have Deontay Wilder well yes and, and no because people say he's a quote unquote free agent but I don't know what the hell that means And um, and then again now we have what's the call with ESPN and that really puts the rematch with Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury in jeopardy which made me think about again was this a good move if they're willing to work together it can be great but I think this is bad in the in the long run because if you really think about what's going to end up happening we might not see this fight this rematch that we deserve that we expected to see right away we might not see that to the end of this year or it might not ever even come to fruition now, especially if the promoters don't get along. And we already know top rank doesn't like playing with PBC, you know, I'm saying golden boy has beef with everybody else. Well, you know, so it's, it's, it's a clusterfuck. So I, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if it was, I think it was a great idea financially, I think he's going to make a lot of money. I think he's like he has what co-promotion, whatever, whatever he's talking about. But at the end of the day, I'm not a fan of it.
0: To what you're saying, it's a partnership with Frank Warren, which I believe is his manager or um, his Mm promoter, his promoter overseas. Yeah. And Frank
1: Warren also um, promotes Billy Joe Saunders and all those guys out there.
0: So the promotion will be there and he's going to get exposure to the U.S. market. But we have to look at this from multiple angles. So financially, it seems like he got paid. So from that standpoint, yes, the yeah, details so that we've that. The, the details that we've gotten are a bit murky. But I've heard as low as 10 and 20 mil, as high as 80 mil. I have, n- have no idea. Now, from the Wilder fight perspective, it seemingly puts that fight in jeopardy. Al Heyman and Bob Arum are two that are not great at working together. It's happened a few times in history. Mayweather Pacquiao being one of them, maybe uh, Lennox Lewis and Mike Tyson being the other one Mm -hmm. that they had to work together on. But they're two brands, promoters, whatever you want to call them, mythical creatures in the case of (laughs) Al Heyman. Man, um, facts. That do not work well together. And that's why, everyone is saying, everyone is thinking that it's going to put the fight in jeopardy. I saw something earlier this week that said Bob Arum uh, mentioned that the fight may not happen until September. Then I've seen recently Frank Warren said they are still actively in negotiations and working towards that fight. Apparently, this is nothing new and has been in the works uh, from September of 2018. So legitimately one of the best kept secrets in boxing. Mm-hmm. I, Everyone, literally everyone from multiple media outlets were reporting that this fight is definite for May 18th. The fight was – everybody knows that date. That's yep. the date that the fight was supposed to happen. Like once you get a date for a fight – It's probably going to happen, especially in a situation like this, where seemingly both sides were dead set on having that rematch rematch next. But this signing does put a wrench in those plans. And I definitely think at this point, this late in the game, that May 18th date is more than likely gone. I do, too. Now, if they fight their next fight and it's in September one, I think that gives the advantage to Tyson Fury who's the better boxer. So he's not going to have as the ring rust won't affect him as badly as I do think it'll uh, affect Wilder. But I mean, it's also just another L for the fans. Yeah. They have they have the date, the fighters are ready. Just let it happen on May 18th. But this whole top, top rank, uh, top rank thing throws a huge, wrench and hopefully they're able to work it out cuz that's just the mindset that they think that they need to have at certain points but it, it puts a wrench in the plans for Tyson Fury it all you, you can't say if it's the right move until you hear what his next fight is cuz if he doesn't fight Deontay Wilder then it was the wrong the wrong move I, in my opinion but if they make it happen his next fight is Wilder then he go off and do whatever he wants
1: absolutely absolutely it, it's if if the next fight is against wilder the move was just fine it was just fine i don't think anybody's gonna trip but if this next one isn't and they don't end up fighting yeah it, it wasn't a good move that we all lost everybody lost you know what i mean um i will say if they do have a rematch the only reason i favor deontay wilder in a rematch is because Deontay Wilder fought one of the worst fights I've ever seen him fight. Yes, part of that was because of Tyson Fury. But at the same token, Tyson Fury, even under his own admission, has fought one of the best fights he's ever fought, if not the best fight he's ever fought in his life. And they still fought to a draw. So the only thing Deontay Wilder has to do is sit down in his punches and, again, not be as overzealous, you can say. So... That's the only reason I have it. But either way, that's a fight that we all deserve to watch. We need to see that fight again. They are, in my opinion, the two best heavyweights in the world. Um, and I think the winner of that fight, you know, beats them all. Or even better yet, again, I think we are realistically... And you know what? I kind of want to spin this to you. And I wanted to see what you think about this. Do Are we going into... Do we have the potential to d- jump into a new golden age of heavyweight boxing?
0: No, not right now. There no, I'm are. Sorry, do they have the potential?
1: That's what you say right right now. That's the question. Do it, is it a potential? Do you believe that we can have that caliber? Because it'll, go ahead.
0: Well, side note in, ter- in terms of a uh, heavyweight renaissance, golden age. Mm-hmm your boy joe joyce he's fighting this weekend Bermain's tavern yes. that's yep. a fight that i uh i actually heard you mention before anybody else and it, it, they actually ended up making it happen permane's permane's should lose by knockout knockout but
1: <laughs> i feel um, bad for that dude I, because you know what in his prime i'm sorry to cut you off Bermain tavern was a bad dude
0: how long was his prime six months Six months in one fight? <laughs> Pretty much.
1: No, man, I'm not going to disrespect the man. Now, dude, dude, dude was solid, man. He was solid. You know, he, I'm not going to say he was like a Hall of Fame or anything close, but dude was a solid fighter.
0: Okay, fair. Now, I don't think the heavyweight quality is where it was in any of the golden ages, which you can say Mike, Mike Tyson to the Klitschko that in-between era, that was sort of a golden era, so that would have been the 90s to the early 2000s. Then you have Muhammad Ali and all of those guys. They had guys to fight, so that's what makes it a golden era. Maybe we'll look back on this and say it was a golden era because of the, fighter, the fighters had people to fight, and that's a big part of making yourself a, a legendary name in boxing. Who do you have to compete with? What great names do you have to win over? So maybe we'll look back on it and say that it was. But the quality of the boxers So you boxers, answered my question. The, the, for wait, me. wait, 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 wait. But the quality of the boxers I think is a lot lower than the other golden eras that we've seen in the heavyweight division, which is why I feel like we're not headed into headed into a real golden er- golden era cuz I don't think the talent is there like it's been in the past.
1: You know what, man? <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna ask you this. You say that the the era in the '90s, right? You consider that one of the golden eras. Who are the best guys? Who are the top five guys of that era?
0: And you probably say Tyson, Lewis, Holy, Holyfield, and you know. Then you play around with a few other names. Maybe you say uh, Riddick Bo, Maybe you you know say whoever. But I mean, you, the top three, we know who they were until okay. Canelo came along.
1: Okay, so. I'm going to say there are already, they're already more names, maybe not as quality because I think Evander Holyfield and Lennox Lewis were incredible. But again, we have the benefit to seeing the their their, their careers in their entirety, right? We're able to see the big wins, the tough losses. And that's why I said, like I, like I believe and I said that I think this has the potential in being a a golden era when we actually look back on this three years, four, five, six years down down the line, when some of these guys have fought more than once. We'll be able to say, dang, and then we'll be able to see some of the George Joyces, some of these other guys come up. If Usyk comes up, you know what I'm saying? Like, this has a legitimate potential to be one of the best eras. And again, I really do believe this is one of the best eras in boxing that we've ever had. There's so many from top to bottom. There's incredible, skilled, talented guys. And that's why I think this era has the potential. We can go down a list of almost 10 guys that, if we look in the next couple of years, can be legit in the heavyweight division. So I I don't see why not.
0: Only only time will tell. Uh, you know, I look back and I could say someone like Tyson was a bit overrated. Uh, I say outside. that
1: every day. I get an of- argument with t- Twitter trolls daily.
0: And that's fine. He never adjusted under adversity. He just had highlight reel knockouts, but that's a different conversation for a different day. So if you look at it from that that standpoint and you look at it from the competitiveness and the excitement in the division, then maybe we'll look back on it and say it was a golden age of the heavyweight division. But we still have the business side of things to tackle. So we have to work out these promotions to where these fights do happen to where you can say, hey – that was a golden era of boxing. There was so much competition, especially if Usyk comes up, which definitely is happening. His 100%. next fight should should, should be at should be at heavyweight. There's guys like Joe Joyce, uh, a few guys that could make could make it interesting. There's still names out there like Joseph Parker. So there's a lot of competition, a lot of guys, and no one has really no no one has set themselves apart that far to the point where you don't think that on any given night they might be able to get beat or there's no other there's uh, at least two boxers for any heavyweight that you can name that we can say okay well they could get beat by this person they should get beat by this person um it's it's not that way with you know let's say a, a, a lomachenko or something something of that sort mm-hmm. so it's still up for grabs that's another piece of it that makes it exciting but we have to work out these promotional issues. We have to assure that these fights are happening because right. the only pr- the people that lose are one the fans and the sports as a whole, uh, the sport of boxing when the because the UFC is just going to steal fans and they are making those fights. And that's hey, something let's, that you let's mentioned say earlier. MMA. Let's uh,
1: let's not I, just call them yeah.
0: MMA. MMA. Thank you. MMA makes those fights happen. Hey, and, and, so, and,
1: and that right there is why I never want you to try to argue with me about MMA ever again in your life. <laughs> so
0: listen, 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 listen. You know, you know I, we, we're going to hey, say this. We're we going to bring this. it up. We can talk about it. We, we, got, we, got a whole, we got a little MMA section at the end. I know we only got an hour here.
1: Man, straight up. Alright, we'll bring it up. So here, let, let, let's move on. Uh, final point on, um, on Tyson Fury signing with ESPN.
0: Final point... He cashed out But No one told the Motherfucker to give away His first fight purse To begin with Fact. Now maybe give a little bit away But they're saying He gave the whole fight purse away That's the biggest fight Of his career Dog Uh Man. I mean Did you need the money?
1: Yo uh, I, 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 I'm with you I don't understand What the hell he decided To do that But uh I mean, look, it seems like ESPN and the Top Rank gave him a bag. I'm always happy when people get a bag, so good for you, you know? Um, okay, the only real fight action this weekend, um, I think it's actually the Joe Joyces and uh, Bermain Severn, I think, are actually on this card also. But uh, they're the co-main. But James the gal, um is fighting uh, Chris Eubanks Jr. I'm going to ask you this, man, and I'll let you take it from the start. Um, because I know how much you love you, Banks. Uh, who needs this win more? And what happened? Where does the winner go from here? Who should they get next?
0: Oh my gosh. I it's your boy. Stand, it's your boy. I cannot stand Chris Banks. <laughs> Just uh, so fucking entitled. I, I don't get it. And he still d- doesn't have a trainer, he has nah. advisors, strategists, whatever you're looking to call them. But he doesn't have a trainer. And no one's going to get with Eubanks on his physicality. He looks great, shredded. That's never been the issue. It's everything else that you would need a trainer for, that is the issue. So why don't you have a trainer? I'm not understanding. Why are these strategists with you? and Why not just hire a trainer? Do you think he's getting bad advice from uh, his dad? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, let me say this. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. My bad. Eubanks absolutely needs this win more than James DeGale. Um, James DeGale has won at the top level. He's you know even in losses he's competed. Someone like Badu Jack. At every time he's gotten to the top level in terms of Chris Eubank, Mm -hmm. he's like Adrian Bronner. You start to see the gap in talent. Is he really that top-level fighter that he looked like against nobody? And the answer is no. But in the terms of Adrian Bronner, you can see a lot more of what would make him a good fighter. You just don't see that with Chris Eubanks. Once he gets into the ring with a boxer, a true boxer, they're going to box circles around him because he doesn't have a trainer a real trainer to work with him on that type of stuff. So he suffers from just a lower boxing IQ. So anyone with any boxing or that's a very skillful fighter will just box around him. And that's what I expect James DeGale to do this weekend. But I think Chris Eubank, because he's shown those issues at the top level, he definitely needs, needs this win more. But he won't get it. He won't get it.
1: Um, I'll say this I, I actually also have uh, James DeGale picked to win this fight. I don't. I don't have the same type of distaste with you, you banks, as you do.
0: I just don't understand why he's so delusional. Why he's so cocky? Like, he hasn't done anything.
1: Yeah, like, no, no. What? I feel you, and and honestly, and I and I feel that way about most guys, but, and I think this comes into the bigger problem about Eubanks. banks, and I think that's why I don't feel I'm indifferent about him, and that's awful, you know. I just don't care. I don't care what he does. He he he's he hasn't stepped forward and been a like he has like you said all the physical capabilities, but he's never been able to get past that big one. And I agree with you that I don't think I don't know if he has the ability to do so. So I definitely think Dugel is going to win this fight. And um, I mean, at the end of the day we talked about a little earlier I, this na- this division had names in the past and like I said I even at first I said that um, that I thought the division was decent but when I thought about it when you broke it down you're right this division was decent like a couple years ago they're not like all these guys are kind of aging out and they're not even that um, entertaining anymore man so who, what happens next I don't know give them Caleb True you know Caleb Smith any of those guys I guess I mean the winner probably get one of them <laughs>
0: For the winner, um, if it's Eubanks, I would like to see him in an exciting fight against a flat-footed fighter, a more flat-footed fighter. That's going to be a lot better for his image. I think win mm-hmm. or lose, he has the opportunity to be in Tim a bang. war and at least get some respect on his name. Because at the top level, someone who boxes will beat you. Mm-hmm. You will not beat Caleb Plant. No. He's a boxer. A no, Caleb Plant will
1: get him. Yeah.
0: But who's Maybe. David Lemieux? Maybe. that's Those are fun fights to watch. I,
1: I would 100% know. watch him fight David Lemieux. I that's think a, that would be an incredible fight.
0: You have to cater to your style. If you know that, hey, I'm not going to compete at the top level, but there are exciting fights for me to make, then j- let that be your career. Because at least you'll leave a legacy. Right now, no one will care if Chris Eubank Jr. retired today, except for his father. So that's where <laughs> I'm at with that. Now, I do believe we haven't sp- we've spoken about chris eubank like he's the a-side here He's not, i think yeah. the, I, I, he might be i don't know who's the a-side in negotiations but i fully think james de is going to win that's just that i i think he's going to box circles around him and chris eubank is trying to bait him into a slugfest but why when i can just beat you like yeah. i should
1: no that's what i think I, I think he's I, just gonna box him
0: and so, what I would love to see? What's next for him if he wins? Any of the guys that I mentioned? Sure, they're cool. I would like—I would really like to see James DeGale move up and get that rematch with Badu Jack because oh, that is—that's a, be nice. a great underrated fight that happened, ended in a draw. That's when Badu Jack moved up. But I would love to see that fight happen for uh, for the, both of those guys, honestly, especially with where they're at in their career one of them could could very well retire that that night winner or loser i i just think that's a great storyline a great fight the fans do not lose if you saw the first fight then you know what i'm talking about
1: absolutely you know it's cr- so crazy that in boxing you can have a record of 25 and 2 and 27 and 2 and people look at you like you're a scrub how crazy is that <laughs>
0: just the way boxing's been over the years. But some of these Russian fighters, um, Eastern European fighters, are coming in and they're breaking that business model. They're taking some of the tough fights right, right off the, the bat. So you see a, a couple of these 175-pound champs. Neither of them have 15 fights. Loma, he's under, under 15 fights. A lot of these guys are changing that business model. Absolutely. And I appreciate that because— you what you've seen in boxing before, not stars like Canelo, where they get that Floyd May with a rub at such a young age. He must have been like what, twenty-three when he fought He's Floyd?
1: Twenty one. You
0: okay, so you have fighters that are just building up their records for so long and it's not till their late twenties, early thirties that they're really getting the attention that they deserve. That means that they have a very short prime, which is a very short opportunities to get some good paydays in before your career is over. I like fighters that are coming in, getting the big fights early. And maybe if someone has a, has a, uh, a long way to go, a lot to develop, a lot to grow, then, okay, maybe you uh, pick the cherry pick a little as they're coming up. But for the most part, I, I mean, it's, it's just a model of boxing. It's just the way things have been.
1: I feel you. All right. Um, <clears throat> Last boxing news I want to talk about today. We we both said we got um we got to get
0: on this one, right? yep i am oh. pro to gal okay cool by decision
1: hey yeah, Unanim- i think so uni- uni- unanimous yeah yeah, i agree all right uh okay so check it out we have all the you can see there's been a shift in the media of boxing hbo is gone um if with the, with the rise of the zone espn plus so many streaming platforms are doing their thing now with espn and top ranked the Zone, PBC, showtime who has the best commentating team Who's the best? Who do you want to listen to the most? You take it first. I'm going be honest with you, man. I, I had to really think about this. I really did, man, because I love Max Kellerman, right? But ESPN blows it with me every time Stephen A. Smith opens his mouth. Stephen A. Smith, in my opinion, when he's out there, is an atrocious boxing analyst and he's even worse with MMA so he needs to stick to basketball and leave everything else alone um so I can't go with them even though I think Max Kellerman is the best in the game um DeZone, oh man I, I think I think Sergio Mora is so good at that at that him with Sugar Ray I mean they have a fantastic lineup they really do I'm going with Showtime um, Pauli Malinagi, as annoying as he is he was from time to time I think is really incredible at his job um, I love Maro Ronaldo Maro Ronaldo used to um, be the announcer for all the old-school pride cards so when I first started watching MMA in the early 2000s that was the voice that I listened to I loved it I um, and uh, Brian, I can't think of his last name, but the other gentleman who have they have up there, he does a great job, man. I think Showtime, I think the zone is coming, you know. Um, and ESPN Plus, also, I think they have a great team. But all in all, I think, in my my humble opinion, I have to go with Showtime.
0: Yeah, we're going to differ here, and you got to let up on Stephen A. Smith. The man works a million hours a week, and he t- has to touch he on all it. sports. He's he's going to have weaknesses in some areas. But I that's, mean, if he,
1: that's fine. Then keep his ass let, – let him do other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, who cares? I, I don't they, – they, they have care, other people. I care
0: because people will watch it just because it's Stephen A. Smith, and that's promoting the sport of boxing. He's not the best boxing analyst, and he can – Kind of ride uh, Max's energy a little bit with this, which is fine. But overall, I my opinion on it is that ESPN has the best team. For one, they don't put him on as many fights anymore, but I'm a huge Teddy Atlas fan. I may not always agree with his opinions, but his, the way he speaks about boxing, you can feel – just, you can feel his passion for the sport. He recently started a podcast. He stole your podcast name, but you can re- you can always feel his genuine genuine passion he for, can't, the sport, he can't get my for the sport, for the for the for the sport, for the science of boxing his metaphors. I mean, you can listen to to Teddy Atlas talk about boxing forever. He's just he's the old trainer that you expect to see in the back of a gym if you walk into one of those old school gyms. And I, I really enjoy listening to him speak. Yo, so Met, Teddy Met, At- Atlas got a so, wait,
1: Teddy Atlas wait wait, wait, wait wait hold on hold on real quick. He has a podcast and a fight podcast. He does. Yo, I copy wrote this name, so I'm about to sue his monkey ass. <laughs> yeah, he he he's only two
0: episode two episodes in, but I, yeah. it's not called the Fight Podcast. It's called the Fight, I believe.
1: Oh, okay. Well, okay. About to say, so,
0: never mind, may, Teddy.
1: I almost have. I thought I was about to get paid. All right, continue. My bad.
0: So, I Max Kellerman, who everyone loves, there's not too much debate, um, unless you're maybe from the UK or something, on everyone likes Max Kellerman, especially as a boxing uh, analyst. OK, now you have Andre Ward, who's really developed as a commentator. He's incredible. And you, 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 uh, there's nothing there's nothing you don't believe about what Andre Ward says. His fight analysis, if, if Andre Ward says it, you believe it. Now, with him sitting next to Tim Bradley, Tim Bradley says it. And I'm like, OK, Maybe. But Andre Ward says, "I believe it. I I believe his boxing IQ is that high, and I do like Tim Tim Bradley and the insight that he brings. But I feel together the four of uh, taking account to the four of them uh, that the four of them are all with ESPN. I think they have the best team, not by far. I would say Showtime is a close second. I do. Mm -hmm. I I love the way that Showtime and PBC put on events, and I like Paulie Malinaji. Yeah. Clearly, there's a trend with these New York guys that I enjoy listening to. (laughs) But me too." I, I, I like uh, I like Paulie. I can't complain about him. He's a great bo- boxing analyst. They have a good team set up over there. You can't complain about PBC either. Who doesn't like hearing Sugar Ray breakdown fights and re- relating some of those things back to his career? I'm not as big bu- as big on Ray Boom Boom Mancini. He's no. not as great, but yeah, that PBC team they're they're all right. They're coming. They're
1: um, they're the newest team out of all of them.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I kind of jumped jumped a little bit. Dazone. Yes, I I like them. I think PBC, I mean, depending on if you want to put PBC with Showtime, then you can say I I, I see them as two different crews because the crew who does Showtime does not do PBC, even though they tend to they're under one umbrella, essentially. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, but I think
0: I I, I would pick PBC last if we're going to separate them. Showtime second and his third.
1: No, I'm with you. Um the and the only reason I actually gave because I had it was close originally with ESPN or should I say, yeah, with top ranking them. But um the only reason I gave Showtime the, the advantage is because they've just been doing it together longer. And it's more of a cohesive unit. There is no mess ups, so they've just they've just been working together for a longer period of time. Do I believe ESPN has the potential again to do that? Yeah, but we'll see. I mean I, I agree with you know what you were saying with that kind of stuff. Stuff, but uh that's the only reason i ended up giving them the rub man um we have a, we got not that much time left um but i do want to uh touch on um a little bit of mma just be and i want to get your uh i want to know what you thought about this gsp george saint p rush saint pierre just retired today um one of the greatest champions uh welterweight champions of the world former welterweight champion former middleweight champion um He's somebody that everybody knew. Everybody respects him. Um, for you, what, if you have any, what is your most memorable moment of GSP?
0: So, as you know, I'm still not just getting into MMA, but getting more into it. So, for a large part of GSP's reign, I just literally wasn't paying attention to this sport. Now, we see what this sport does to people. We see... How it ages fighters and what that turns into and literally what it looks like. We've seen Anderson Silva get knocked out. We've seen you know, some of the guys that we've really liked and loved in the sport that were huge a few years ago. Maybe they took some time off. They come back to the sport and they get rocked. We just watched Cain Velasquez do it. He got rocked and then he hurt his knee. I mean, he he hurt his knee. You saw you saw it pop, but it was No, no cause,
1: I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't air quoting the knee.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. So, Cain, Cain Cain got rocked. That that's just what happens to fighters. So for GSP, to come back after the layoff and beat Michael Bisping by knockout for the strap one more time.
1: He didn't beat him the- by knockout. He choked him out. Rear naked choke. He rocked him. He dropped him. Then he rushed him. Landed some heavy ground up okay. pound. Took his back. Choked him out.
0: Apologies. I remember the left hook that he landed mm-hmm. that put him down. Um, I, I, didn't, I don't remember the choke. Apologies. But to come back dominate in that performance and win that strap one more time to cap to cap off what's surely a hall of fame career he's had fights that made him George st pierre but that i think was the single biggest moment he had a huge build coming back into that fight he got the title shot immediately this is mma you don't get those easy rubs on the way back they put you in there with a dog and michael biskaming was a dog a very dangerous striker and he knocked him out, or he he submitted him, and it was that the first round, correct? Third. Oh damn, I'm 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 fucking this up. <laughs> okay, Fam,
1: but, I mean, it's all good. And here's but, the thing, but, but you're right though.
0: But that that that's my biggest moment for GSP yeah. is coming back and winning that strap one more time because that is something that's it's it's different than boxing. When you when you take a long layoff in the UFC and you have age as well. That, that typically doesn't end well. So yeah. happy for him, to call it and call it a hall of fame career as one of the best ever.
1: Yeah, man. Um, George St Pierre was one of and I, I spoke about it yesterday on yesterday's episode. Um, he's one of the greatest, if not the greatest, to ever do it. Uh, he is someone who has represented the sport beautifully. He's always been a gentleman. Um, would he sell if he came into the fight now or like if he started nowadays I'm not sure just because of the type of personalities that people want but all in all man salute to George St. Pierre first time I saw George St. Pierre was all the way back in UFC 48 which was against was that was Jay Heron. He beat Jay Heron by knockout and I want to say that was 2004. And that's the first time that I saw george St-Pierre that his next fight he had a title shot, it was his first title shot with Matt Hughes. That was his first loss and then he went on a tear beating people like Frank Trigg, beating some of the I mean just so many BJ Penn. He's beating some of the best of the best. Um that's he beat Matt Hughes again, Thiago Alves, Dan hardy and the list goes on and on i mean he's an absolute legend salute to him and like you said you're so true man the game usually retires you he was able to retire from the game. And I think that's really, really dope, man. So salute to George St. Pierre.
0: Question for you. Do you feel like with the explosion of MMA in the last 10 years mm-hmm. um in the United States, that the guys who built the sport, some of those names, Matt Hughes, BJ Penn, um, you know, you look back, Ken Shamrock, some of those guys that really built the UFC name. Do you think the talent pool has grown so much that the level of talent is much higher to a point where those guys in their prime would not last in today's fight game?
1: Um, it depends on the guy. George St. Pierre would compete in any era because he was so dynamic. Um, he was in weak anywhere. He was the first of pretty much like the, the modern mma person now right he was like the first of that mix so i think he would do very well but we're starting to see like if you don't adapt in mma you die look at uh bj Penn; he keeps coming back he get, keeps getting beat up um if he came today like fighting with that same style with the same guys even at his prime he probably wouldn't do well to be honest and i hate to say that but the game is evolving so quickly it's crazy
0: and that's just, that's just a question. I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, I, I know we got some big MMA fights coming up. John Jones. I got Tyron Woodley. So, I mean, I, I'm excited to break that down. I think that's, what, next week? That's March 9th?
1: Yep, yep, yep. Like Two weeks from okay. now. Yep. But, B, like I said, we got to wrap it up today, man. Yo, final thoughts, my guy.
0: Um... I f- cannot wait for Chris Eubank Jr. to lose this weekend. <laughs> I can't stand his bitch ass.
1: Oh, uh, dude. Uh, hey, it's it's going to be a good fight. Uh, we got UFC fights this weekend also.
0: And um, my my last thing is make the fucking fight happen. Do not fuck this up. Yo. Top rank, Al Heyman, uh, Frank Warren. Do not mess this up. Those are my final thoughts.
1: <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> no, no worries, bro. Well, yo, B... Thank you so much, man. Brandon Camille, the man, the myth, out there holding it down for us, man. Um, Thank you so much again for coming on, brother. Next week, same time? Of course. My guy. All right, brother. Well, we'll wrap soon, man. I appreciate you. All right, be good. All right, bro. Peace out. Yo <laughs> Alright This is the fight podcast Yo thank you guys so much For listening today that was My guy Brandon Camille man Thank you to Brandon for coming on the show Once again he'll be back On again next week Um, And yo thank you guys so much For listening this is episode 84 of the fight Podcast look I'm the host Serge Vicente and that's about all about About all the time that we have for today um before you guys get out of here remember the fight podcast is brought to you each week by sage Eats sage eats is a healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company um sign up for sage eats at sageeatschicago.com apply promo code fight for 15 percent off your first three months remember to follow the fight podcast on all social media platforms at the fight podcast and follow me your boy at serge vicente support the show check us out on the website thefightpodcast.com subscribe listen rate share we're everywhere that podcasts are available thank you again to brandon camille this is serge vicente and we will see you guys right here next time on the fire podcast peace out